Welcome to another episode of the Victory Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Victory Baptist Church in Valdosta, Georgia. To learn more about our ministry and the impact it has had in our community for over 50 years, visit VictoryBaptistValdosta.com. Now let's listen as Pastor Ward brings today's message from God's Word. All the bases, you want to be a little evangelistic, you want to be encouraging, you want to, you know, be straightforward and all the things that you need to do in preaching and uh, that when you come to particular things you begin to think about, well, you know, like we've been on the book of Revelation, I think we've made it through now 12 chapters there and it's really a book that you just need to go verse by verse, verse by verse and and uh, and take your time. I was I saw one church service Sunday and uh, the pastor had, uh, for it was, it, it was his 50, the 51st week that he'd been preaching out of the book of Acts, out of the book of Acts, 51 weeks. And he said, I'm in chapter number 15. There's eight, uh, 28 chapters in the book of Acts. And so there's plenty of material. There's no shortage. And uh, when it comes to something to preach about. But one of the things that I've been thinking about is, talking to you and, and maybe going through a few lessons on developing a biblical worldview. How many of you ever heard that term before? A biblical worldview. And uh, there's something to that. There's something to it. And so I want to just kind of jumpstart that thought tonight and then maybe for a few Wednesday nights, we're going to be uh, trying to develop a biblical worldview. I've got a lot of questions I want to ask you, and I want you to think about them. I want you to think about it, but just one tonight. Uh, where do you get your opinion from? Where, where does your opinion come from? You don't have to answer me, but think about it for a moment. Uh, from where do you derive your opinion of everything, everything? Your opinion about the family your opinion about the church, your opinion about government. That's all in the Bible. Families in the church is in the Bible. The church is in the Bible. Government's in the Bible. From where do you get your opinion? And uh, in our formative years, we need to make sure that we're getting, making sure that our young people are getting their opinions from the right places. Making sure. I saw, and I'm, uh, this is informal tonight, but I, I saw a, a, a poll just the other day, uh, just a few days ago, and if I can find it quickly, here it is. And I thought it would be interesting. It was a survey, and it was put out by the, uh, by the uh, Barna Group, and uh, they're a very reputable uh, polling agency. They do a lot of uh, Christian polling. They ask a lot of questions. And so they asked a, a group of teenagers the question, about uh, your, your opinion about the Bible. What is your opinion about the Bible? Um, how many of them said they had a good opinion about the Bible? 40% said they have a good opinion about the Bible. 6% said they had a ba bad opinion about the Bible. Uh, the second question, question was, um, is the Bible meaningful to you? How many of you 
39% said that it was meaningful. 8% said that it's not. The third question was, how many of you guys think the Bible to be important? 39% of them said, yeah, I think it is. 9% said, nope, not at all. Uh, how many of you think that the Bible is a, a loving book? Only 38% thought it was a, a loving book. 8% said it's a very judgmental book. I don't know where the rest of them are. <laughs> uh, 39 and 8 doesn't make 100%. But uh, uh, one, And here's the next question. Uh, how many of you <clears throat> affirm that the Bible is true? Only 36%, just a third of the teenagers thought that the Bible was true. 9% of them said, no, 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 it's completely false. How many of you think that the Bible is trustworthy? 35% of them, it's going down 35%. Yeah, we can trust the Bible. While 9% of those that were asked said, nope, it's not trustworthy. How do we get there? How do we get an entire generation of young people in America, for the most part, that less than 50% of them have a good opinion about God's Word. And uh, some of those were church-going kids. Some of them weren't, I'm sure. They take these random polls, I don't know, 1,200 or whatever it is. And, uh, and so I saw that just a couple of days ago, and it just kind of reaffirmed how important it is that we make sure that we ourselves, first of all, have a biblical vision that we, we make our decisions from the scope of the Scripture and not just from random ideologies and all of those kind of things. But how do you do that? How can you, how can you accomplish that in your lives? Well, first of all, let's just very quickly tonight, let's look at our relationships to the world, the Christian's relationships to the world. Notice with me, and this is just kind of a springboard verse and uh, there's a lot of verses in the Bible that have to do with the Christian and the world, the world and the Christian, and back and forth. In 1 John chapter number 2 and verses 15 through 17, we find this passage that most of us know by heart. It said, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. When preachers quote that when preachers preach that, sometimes congregations get the idea, that's the preacher's opinion. You know, he don't want me, uh, that's what God said. That's what he said about our relationship to the world. For all that is in the world, I tried to get this verse the other night, all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. What a powerful passage of Scripture. Now, very quickly tonight, and this is just kind of an introduction so we can kind of see where we are in our relationship to the world. Uh, how we know that we're in the world, that's obvious, and uh, we can only escape the world by death or the rapture of the church. Uh, there's no way that you can... I guess some people would try it. You, go, you can try to get away from the worldly influence and maybe go live some, go get you a compound somewhere and isolate yourself from 
all the things of the world and don't have a TV and don't have phone and social media and uh, don't, go to, don't go anywhere and raise your food and, and do all those kind of things. And perhaps, uh, but I don't think that's what the Bible's talking about here. God knows well and good that we are stationed in this world. He put us here. If he wanted us to be in heaven, when we were baptized, we, the, he could have just had the preacher hold us under for a few more seconds and, and we'd have been in heaven, you know, and we wouldn't have to go, th go through all of these things that we have to go through. But the reality of it is you are in the world and I am in the world. Now, what kind of relationship do we have in this world? Notice the first thing with me. I'm going to give you a lot of Bible verses tonight. You have to write some of them down, and I have some of them that we'll have up on the screen. Uh, others will not. But uh, I want you to look with me in the first place over in the Gospel of John. Jesus, in his uh, prayer, uh, has a lot to say about the Christian and their relationship to the world. Let's begin reading in verse number 6. We're not going to read a lot of verses after this section, but, but I want you to see what Jesus had to say about it. In uh, John 17, in uh, verse number 6, the high priest prayer of our Lord, he said, I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and uh, they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are for thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and I have known surely, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. See, he knows where we are. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. But the reading goes on. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept. And none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now I come, and now come I to thee, and the things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world. Now, we're in the world, but not of the world. I'm reading, reading all these verses to give that simple truth. Yes, we're in the world, but this, that we're not part of the world. He goes on with other declarations along the same thing, because they're not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, he could, but thou shouldest keep them from evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. 
And then verse number 17, he said, Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. So now, I read all those verses for us to understand. The first thing in this relationship that we have when we're trying to develop this biblical or Christian worldview is we have to understand that we are saved out of the world. Can you see it? We're saved out of the world. He brought them out of the land of Egypt. And that's what God has done for you and that's what he's done for me. Even though our residence is here and our address is here and that we're part of this world, but in reality we're not of this world. Sounds confusing to me too. The Bible said in the book of Galatians chapter number 1 and verse number 4 that he might deliver us from this present world. That he might deliver us from this present world. Look at, you don't have to look, I have it for you on the screen. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. This is an independent Baptist church. This is his verse. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We're new in Christ Jesus. What about Colossians 1 and verse 13? Who have delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. And so even though we're present in this world, and we, our boat is in this world, our occupations and vocations and, and our transactions and everything that we do are part of the world, it's still that this world is not our home. In other places, and we may, we may look at some of those verses, and, uh, and we may have some of them tonight. Uh, that, that lets us know that it's going to be it's going to be a trial. It's going to be it's going to be it's going to take some effort for you and for me to develop a mind that is influenced by this book. Now our hearts are easily influenced by this book. Easily influenced. But I tell you, it's hard to change this old BB in the box car, isn't it? Hard to make changes in our mind because we've been raised a certain way and we've learned things a certain way and, and this is what grandma said and this is what grandpa said. And I've actually, I, I've had people to tell me, I don't care what the Bible says, I know what I believe. Hard to develop a biblical worldview if you have that opinion. I don't care what the Bible says, I know what I believe. I know what grandma told me. I know what pastor so-and-so said. And so the first thing that we look at, and then if you would look with me in, in the book of uh, 2 Corinthians, in uh, chapter number 6, not only are we saved out of the world, but we are separated from the world. We're separated from the world. Now, young people get listen to these verses very, very closely. This is very, very important. Notice, in the, and, and everyone else as well, hadn't gone through these verses in a long time. No, we don't have time to cover everything all the time. But this is so important. He said in chapter number 6 and verse number 14, Be ye not unequally yoked together, and look at this, with unbelievers. It's still in the book. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? Hold, hold your place there and let me finish reading these verses. And what concord hath Christ with Belial? 
Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. And I will be a father unto you and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Boy, wow. That's a lot to process, isn't it? I tell you, when you shake all that down, there's a lot to think about when it comes to our relationships in this world. He said in the first place, be, don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Notice, I'll read it again. Uh, be not be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And then he gives the definition as to why. And so young ladies and young men, let me say this at the very onset. You need to make sure that you surround yourself and that you're, you need to make sure that you are, that you do not permit yourself to have attractions to people. Now I realize that we're, we're, I don't mind being around sinners. I think I'm, it's my responsibility. I'm not to run from them. I'm not to hide from them. I'm not to, to stroke my sanctimonious nose in their presence. And I'm not to, I, and, and you know you, we don't have that opinion. God loves sinners and we're to love sinners. But I'm talking about making, building a relationship, an intimate relationship a marital relationship, and I would even cautious you as far as a business relationship is concerned. Be careful about those kind of things. All preachers used to preach this all the time. I just forgot about it. You need to make sure that your relationships, the people that you date, they need to be filtered. There, there needs to be there needs to be a filtering process. I had it with my daughters. I encourage you to have it with yours. I didn't have any sons, and, uh, but I, I think I would have been the same way with them. Come on now. Don't bail out on me. You say, but oh, you know, she, you know and, and every, little, every girl wants a boyfriend and every boy wants a girlfriend. And that's the way it ought to be. Amen? <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I think it's cool. I did. But there needs to be guidelines and principles that are set forth before you ever, before some boy walks up to the door and knocks on the door and... Uh, and says, I'm here to pick up Susie or whoever it is. There needs to be some understanding, mom and dad and young man or young woman. I can tell you story after story, but I don't have time to get in stories tonight. I promise myself I'm going to try to get out of here uh, at the regular time tonight. We'll come back to the stories a little bit later. But I can tell you some, man, I can tell you some with my two daughters, you know, as perfect as everybody thinks they are. 
Every once in a while, one come walking up to the house, looked like he'd found under the kitchen sink, you know, just <laughs> come walking up like he'd use a hairspray and stood the deodorant under his arm to come walking up. Be sure. Your body's a temple of the Holy Ghost of God, young lady. Young man. Oh, but he's promised, you know, if I'll, if I'll, you know, if we can go out together a few times, he's promised that he would come to church with me and all those kind of things. Just set the guidelines. Right from the book. And now, I don't have time to deal with all that tonight. I think it needs to be dealt with, but I don't have time to deal with it all tonight. John 17 and verse 14, where we were a moment ago, we're to be separated from the world because they are not of this world, even as I am not of the world. We are pilgrims and strangers in this world. I'm not trying to take the fun out of your life, young lady, young man. I'm not trying to keep you from having a good time, young lady. I'm just trying to keep you from a life of heartbreak and a life of heartache and a life of pillows that are soaked with tears. And I know, I might have forgotten a lot of things, but a lot of things I remember from along the way. A lot of loneliness. You think you're lonely now? I ain't got nobody to go out with this week. God will send you somebody. He sent Eve to Adam. God will send you to somebody, and God will send somebody to you. And uh, Wilbur saying, <laughs> that's right. I couldn't help but hear that. I guess he's still waiting. Are you still waiting, Brother Wilbur? He's going to be having a wedding one of these days. Oh, Wilbur's going to tie a knot. We're separated from the world. John 17 and verse 14. I just read it to you. They're not of this world as I'm in James 4, 4. He said, ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not the friendship of this world is enmity with God. Whoso therefore is a friend of the world is the enemy of God. That word, it means contrary or hostile toward God. If, if I'm an enemy of God, then my life is contrary. I'm, I'm hostile toward the things of God, toward the Word of God, toward God Himself. James 1.27. And to keep Himself unspotted from this world. You know, the world will rub off on you, won't it? It, it rubs off on me. You can't hardly go to town anymore. You can't hardly, you can't hardly watch television. You can't hardly watch a commercial anymore. You used to, you could... You know, you could kind of pick and choose, but if you don't sit there with the remote in your hand while you're watching TV, especially if you had your family with you, you got to sit there with it just ready, ready. You can't hardly enjoy watching anything because you don't know what's coming up next. I saw a, a commercial just the other day, and it was it was like a, a, a jewelry commercial. I won't even name the name of the store, and uh, they. And, and the picture was two young girls 
And the caption was, once you have found love. See, that's what we're being bombarded with. When you have found love. Galatians 6.14 But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified to me and I unto the world. Number one, we are saved out of the world. What is our relationship with the world, our biblical relationship with the world, regardless of what we think and regardless of what is popular, regardless of what will sell and what will not sell? We're saved out of the world. We're separated from the world. But then there's some behavior that we should do in the world. Notice in, uh, in the book of Titus, he mentions it again. I love this passage. This is a great a passage about uh, salvation in Titus chapter number 2 and, and uh, in verse number 12. I like verse number 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. Look at this now. Teaching us that. How many of you believe that you can get saved by grace? Raise your hand. Well, that's about 75% of you. Now I know what to preach Sunday. It wasn't a trick question. Teaching us, what? Grace is teaching us, denying ungodliness and worldly lust. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Even with all the pressure that we're under, even with all the peer pressure, and, and uh, I can live for God, I think so. I think you can. Galatians six fourteen says, um, James one twenty seven, and to keep themselves unspotted from the world. We're separated from the world. We're unspotted. We're unspotted from the world. We're our behavior that is in the world. Titus two twelve, and then Romans twelve two. You know the verses. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God's got a plan. God's got a plan. And so what is a Christian's relationship in the world? We're saved out of the world. We're separated from the world. We have behavior that we should have in the world. And then finally tonight, we have a ministry in the world. See, God's not exempting us from that. Well, you know, I'm, and uh, there's, you know, there's some places we shouldn't go. There's some things we shouldn't do. Somebody uh, got into, uh, somebody got my church credit card. One, one of the, I don't even know how people do those kind of things. They got information, and they got, got a $500 out of the, out of the uh, credit card account about a month ago. About an hour after that, got $1,000 out of it. We just found out the day before yesterday. So I had to get rid of that card and get a new card for all the people. They took care of it and everything. But here's where they got the money from. It says Lowndes County Pub, what was it, Pub, Restaurant, and Bar, <laughs> or something like that. 
I told him in the office, I said, man, I thought I could hide, but I guess you can't hide. You can run, but you can't hide. Isn't that what they say? You can run, but you can't hide. I remember one time years ago, I've, I've never, never been in a bar, but one time, one time. And Brother Ronnie Taylor and I, many years ago, we were out on visitation, and week after week, we'd gone to see this one particular guy, and we'd get home, and sure enough, he'd be gone. He did it Thursday, he did it on Tuesday. If we'd be there on Saturday, he'd be gone or whatever. And so we were there one, one Thursday evening down in Lake Park and uh, went and knocked on the door, and the lady said, uh, he ain't here. I said, well, where is he at? She pointed. She said, over there. I looked at Ronnie and he looked at me. We got back in the church van and drove it and parked it right in front of the bar. Went in with our Bibles and under our arms. We were young, didn't know any better. I wished I hadn't learned better. So we walked in with our Bibles up high up on our arms, walked in and sat down at the bar and laid the Bible right out on the bar and began to talk to him about Jesus. And next time we went to his house, but he was sitting in the living room with the TV off. He was ready to talk to us. Yeah. We've got a ministry in the world. We're not exempted from the ministry because we're not of the world. We're not exempted from the ministry because we're not part of the world. Or uh, that, you know, we're not of the world and part of the world. Our ministry in the world. Look with me very quickly in the book of Matthew and we'll be done for the evening. Matthew chapter number 5. Look in verse 14 through 16. Even though we're not part of the world, that we're saved out of the world, and that we're to behave in the world, he said, you're still the light of the world. See, it comes to a good conclusion. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We're not exempted from a ministry in the world. And so all of these things are just our relationship, our 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 relationship in the world is clearly developed in the Scripture. Our ministry is clearly developed in the Scripture. These verses, Philippians 2.15. Tracy, you can come on to the piano. Philippians 2.15. That you may be blameless and harmless sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. See, God ties it all together. It's not confusing when you really let it sink in a little bit. John said this in 17, 18. We've already read in the text. But he goes on and he says, As thou hast sent me into the world, even also have I sent them into the world. Mark 16, 15. And he said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So as we begin to make uh, this, this Bible that we have before us, that we cherish and that we love, when it, be, it, when it becomes the place that we begin to form our 
opinions. Every once in a while, here's a good thing. You can stand. Here's a good thing y'all do. When somebody asks you a question, sometimes you, you ought to say, hey, wait, let me go look and see what God's Word says before you even give it. Let me go see what God said about that. Developing a biblical worldview. Everything that you see and everything that you do, you select it through God's Word. Our Father, we thank you for the precious book. I pray that you would lead us, guide us, and teach us in these days. Lord, it was said years ago that the world has become so churchy and the church has become so worldly. You can't hardly tell the difference. Lord, let our lives not be that way. Lord, may we keep our sights on things above and not on things of the earth. Lord, help us to realize that we have a responsibility in the world, we have an influence in the world, and we have a ministry in the world. And may we be able to balance that, love sinners. And Lord, may we influence their lives and may they not influence our lives. And we'll thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. While these are praying, 